Hey everyone, welcome to the Women of Worth podcast. Today I'm joined with two very special guests. One is a doctor and one is a research doctor. Um, you can take your guess. <laughs> and um, so we have Theo with us who is actively involved in worship uh, ministry at his church, um, a very, very talented worship um, leader, I would say. And we have his beautiful wife, Anita, and um, she loves all things matcha. They both um, got married in Perth and they are both very passionate about relationships, specifically marriage. So welcome to the podcast, Theo and Anita. Thanks, Trixie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's a little brief about you guys. Um, how I met you guys was through Connect Group a few years ago. You both were my Connect leader. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to share about yourself? Oh, um, I guess going off of that, um, at the moment, uh, we lead a region together. Oh, yeah. Uh, What's a region? So, in our church, each connect group is part of a region, which is a few connects. And um, so that there are a couple of leaders that oversee those few connects, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So we oversee a few connects together, um, which is really cool. Mm. And yeah, we get to sew into our connect leaders who lead connects themselves. And we've been married for about 20 months now, I think, coming up. I just say almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. It sounds better. So, uh, yeah, very much in, I guess, the infancy of married life, but we've had some pretty cool experiences. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us where you guys are from? Yeah, I grew up in Singapore. Uh, I stayed there for the first 14, 15 years of my life. And then I went to Hong Kong with my dad. Uh, He went there for work and uh, went to an international school there. Um, that's where I picked up my accent and uh, came back at the age of 17, 18 to Singapore where I did my national service in the army. Two years later I started studying like an offshore program from a uni in Perth and uh, decided to travel to Perth at the end of those three years to, to study more. And so that's, that's me. How about you? Uh, I was born in Rockingham. WA uh, and my family moved up to Perth when I was about six and been here since. Mm. And that's actually a perfect segue for how you guys met in Perth. Oh! oh. <laughs> I remember when I first met her, I um, was at a like church young adult event and we were doing the uh, mannequin challenge which was like all the rage back in the day. 2016. What's the mannequin challenge? Well, glad you asked. The mannequin (laughs) challenge is, uh, for you Zoomers out there, um, is a challenge where like a cameraman goes around and films a bunch of people and they're meant to be miming frozen in place, like different activities that they were doing. So like throwing a ball or like punching a friend or like pulling someone's tie or something like that. Um, and so we were doing that, and um, at the end of that, when we celebrated, when we were celebrating, I was saying bye to one of my friends, um, a mutual friend from church, uh, and she'd been planted out to another church. So we're just catching up, and uh, Anita comes around, around and um, wanted to say bye to Shelley, I think, at the time, and um, that's when I met her for the first time. 
So you guys were at Connect? We were at a young adult event. Young adult event. Um, was that at the church you're currently at? Yes. Hmm, okay. My first impressions is Anita was, uh, was very uh, cute. And <laughs> cute. <laughs> attractive. <laughs> um, and she's very gracious, like uh, graceful, sorry. She carried herself very well. And um, I thought she dressed well too. The event was run by my church, which was called Life City back then. And um, yeah, it was like a young adult um, Friday night gathering. So just young people, um, and a lot of them are single. So it was the end of the night and um, I had brought my friend Shelly along. Um, and I had actually gone out to the car park to say goodbye to someone else. And then I came back in and I was gonna say bye to Shelly and like walk her to her car. And then I saw her like talking to this like Asian guy and the first thing I saw was like him using his hands a lot like this, like talking and I was like, what is he doing and who is that? <laughs> so using hand gestures because we can't see what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, looks very charismatic. So I went up to them and then Shelly introduced me and she was like, hey, it's my friend Theo from um, my old church, Center Point. I was like, oh, hi, hi, hi. And um, I was like, oh, he's, he's pretty cute. Uh, and then, yeah, I was, but I was like quite tired that night actually, and I was trying to leave. She was also disappointed that she had not found love that night, but love <laughs> came up to her. Hello, I'm not looking. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to leave like multiple times, but like this guy, he just kept talking. But I was like, you know what, he's cute, so it's okay. Like, I'm just cute, you know. Was it like a friendly talking or like, oh, I feel like he's a bit interested uh, he was just being friendly, I think. Mm. Like, showing interest, but like in a non-creepy way, if you know yeah. what I mean. Just asking about me and sharing about himself. Um, so yeah, before I left, he was like, Hey, add me on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, uh, that's kind of weird, but like, you're cute, so okay. <laughs> so what got you there? ask her to add you on Facebook. The, the thinking behind it is uh, Facebook is like quite an innocuous way to get in contact with somebody without having to ask for their number. Mm -hmm. um, and I think back in the day, I think my, my sort of thinking around it was asking for someone's number was a little bit more forward and suggestive in a way that I would rather not be. Mm. So I thought Facebook was the way. So when you say back in the day, what is the equivalent now? Is it still Facebook? I think it's Instagram. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I think Instagram's where it's at nowadays. Yeah. So would you say follow me on? It sounds like you want Watch another follow. Yeah, or something. What's up? That's like number though. That's number, yeah. I don't know. I just yeah maybe maybe it was a misconception, but I, I do think it was a little bit less forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, well, I thought it was forward. I was like, well, no one's ever asked me that. They just go home and do it, you know? <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. Yeah. But with that, so I know that you guys mentioned your first impressions of each other, um, but I know we definitely want to see, like, character mm -hmm. in other people um, when we're sort of evaluating or just getting to know someone, even just as a friend. Yeah. Um, what do you feel like for each other um, was characteristics that stood out? I probably 
saw these characteristics come out in the first year, yeah, the first year or so that we knew each other. And was that as friends or as dating? Friends, well, I mean, we weren't dating yet, but we liked each other. So I guess you could call us friends that were interested. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a few things. I think one was that I knew that Theo had a strong faith. Um, and it wasn't just because he like, talked about church a lot or he was like involved in his church. It was more that he would tell me about his relationship with God and what God was teaching him and how like he would share about his struggles and then um, like his prayers and how he was relying on God. And I think the other thing was like, he is very curious and he would always bring up things about the Bible that like he wasn't sure about or like wanted to know my opinion on. So yeah, that was something that I noticed. The other ones, yeah, so going back to how we didn't start dating for a while, he was very perseverant. Uh, yes, he chased me. <laughs> um, so long story short, uh, we met uh, at the end of 2016 mm-hmm. and we started dating at the start of 2018. So he was very patient with me and um, that's, that's a story for another time. Uh, but yeah, he was very perseverant, um, not just in getting to know me, but like in all the other areas of his life as well. Um, especially with the PhD. One thing that I, I liked about Anita is that she um, she loves her family. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I just want to start off by saying like these are not things that I could immediately assess just looking at her. Like oftentimes even like what you just see from the first impression, that is likely to change, you know, just as you get mm-hmm. to know the person better over time. Yeah, so I think Anita really loves her family and um, like just with every family, like there are always tensions and there are challenges and there's frictions, but there's also like opportunities for growth. And um, in her family context, like she was able to really love mom and dad in a way that they separately needed um, and help mediate that relationship as well. Because um, yeah, as, as Anita might might allude to later, like she she has a separated and remarried family. So both, she has two sets of parents, essentially. And so navigating between two parents, like my mom and dad, is challenging enough. Uh, so I can't imagine what it would have been like to carry that weight and be able to, yeah, just mediate that relationship between four parents or two sets of parents. But she does it very well. And she's also very smart, very intelligent. Oh, I'm still lying. Uh, oh, <laughs> very intelligent. Uh, I think she... Uh, she didn't get a lot of credit for that growing up, um, but she's not only hardworking, she also has the chops to, to like apply knowledge in a very practical way. And so like the house that we're recording this in, beautifully decorated, it's all really the outworking of her mind. Uh, the other characteristics I was going to mention are, um, Theo is very intelligent. Um, I always tell my like everyone that I meet that he's smarter than me because I think he is. <laughs> um, yeah, just to like, just living with like 
him and you know being married to him I get to see like how his mind works um, you know because when you're around someone all the time they'll tell you like what they're thinking and they'll like ask questions and like even just some of the vocabulary that he uses I'm like I've never even heard that word in my life <laughs> um, but yeah I think when we met um, he was in the middle of his PhD and I kind of got to see him work through that and finish that um, yeah, and he's very smart. Thanks. <laughs> I can't believe it's so Anita also finished a medical degree last year, in 2020. And uh, she, like, it was challenging, I think, all the way through for different reasons. Different years present different challenges. Um, but I remember the first year of med uh, when I got to meet her. Uh, it, was, it was a tough year because she was, like, uh, told by her seniors that she would be drinking from, like, a hose, like a fire hose. And yeah, she had to learn a lot of content, but she really stuck to it and she's got a really good work ethic, which also meant that we couldn't meet as much like during the week because she was studying. Mm. So I worked around it by studying with her or meeting her while she was studying. Um, yeah, it was good. First, first impression characteristics though, are very hard to tell, I think. Yeah. I, I think that person just has to present well. I think authenticity is a very big one. Sincerity, um, when you first meet somebody. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you sense that someone's putting up a front, like, um, to me, that's quite a, a negative indicator. You know, a contra indication. Mm. Because, um, yeah, you want someone to be able to confidently put themselves forward, not an image of who they want you to see them as. Mm. But what would you do if like, you feel like that person like might be interested in you and they're just um, wanting to like impress you, you know, like they're not trying to do it in a deceitful way. So would you think um, giving them a chance, like evaluating that, like how does that look like um, when you're meeting someone? I think if, you know, if I could tell that it, it wasn't their real personality, I would, uh, I would be upfront with them and say, look, um, I'd be glad to get to know you, but I feel like maybe what I'm seeing or how, how you know, you're behaving around me is maybe not who you really are. Like, I don't sense that um, you're being authentic with me. And, you know, if you want to get to know me as a friend, like, I think I should get to know the real you. Mm-hmm. And Anita would have that conversation. Mm. Like... She's she's a lady who would who would talk to us, someone in that in that fashion, and she does it very well. Mm. Um, I think uh, I think God actually puts you in situations with incredible people that are also single, um, and He puts you in those positions in a way that allows you to not come in with that reputation or high profile or whatever so people don't have to address you from that place um, the reason why I say that is like you look at movie stars for example or singers um, they suffer with that a lot um, fans of theirs would come to them and be like oh hi uh, nice to meet you da, da, da. but it's fully a front they're just yeah. putting their best foot forward but realistically like that's not a way to date and that's why 
like a lot of movie stars struggle to to date somebody um, because they feel like it's just fake it's not authentic it's not real and ultimately mm. i think there is a craving in the human heart for realness um so i think it's important for example for our story that like anita didn't know me for who i was going to be but she met me for where I, who i was at that point and i had yeah i had none of the accolades that i have now none of the position that i have now and i'm so happy for that you know mm. because she she not only got to see me without those things but she also got to walk with me in the process of attaining those things so she understands the weight of what those things mean to me mm-hmm. and also she was able to come for me and strengthen me in those in that process um so i think that's that's the important thing now if you have all those like huge accolades and you're a real high profile person like all is not lost you know <laughs> you, you can also find love but i think i think what's really cool is being able to step out of the circles that you do have that reputation for that high status in and just to get to know somebody maybe in a context that's outside of of where you are right now mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think going back to what i was saying before about being up front with the person if you feel like they're not being authentic it's it's a really awkward conversation because you're basically calling them out mm. and um yeah i mean it's hard, it's hard it's not easy these conversations are never easy but you know it's it's better to say that up front than try and ignore it or you know just go with it because the person might not actually know that they're doing that and they might keep doing it so you're actually doing them a favor but also yourself because if you say it up front then it won't be an issue later mm. if you do get to know them Yeah, I, if you if you let it go on, it's almost like you're affirming their behavior by or enforcing that behavior or rewarding it with more of your time. So they might think, "Oh yeah, you know, this is working. Oh, like, I should keep it. going." <laughs> And then it just becomes incredibly unsustainable for both parties, so. Mm. I think on that as well, just um like with being direct and being honest. Um I wanted to ask you guys, what does it look like? Um I think you guys were super blessed and it's um definitely inspirational that you got to meet at young adults like in a church environment. What do you feel like is your point of view or your advice um, looking at the young adult community now and how it looks like when someone's interested in someone? Cuz I think yeah, you could touch base on like your own story, um how it looked like to show interest to someone who's like in the church we're kind of guarded by our people as well like everyone's protective of each other we're in our own communities um yeah how did it look like to pursue anita and anita to reciprocate or to pursue theo if that is what you did uh i am a born again christian i say that to mean that i experienced a revival of my spirit by making a personal decision for jesus and committing to living a life for him and i only did that at the age of 18 plus 19 that is to say even though i may have grown up in a christian household and been to church all the way till i was 11 there was a period of time in which i did not live as a christian i was not in faith i did not follow his principles and his way and i think in that time i experienced a lot of hurt and pain trauma and the seeds of sin in which I'm trying to still process through even now. But at the same time one thing I realized coming into the Christian community is that um 
the guys in Christian communities don't often behave in similar ways to guys that are outside of Christian communities. I think when you are outside a Christian community, it's much more the norm to be able to go up to somebody to take those 10 steps, the dreaded 10 steps of approaching somebody and just going, hi. And that's what I did. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like having that first interaction being just a normal, casual high, I think that's a real strength. Mm. <laughs> that I think perhaps because of the weight of expectation or because of their fear of being creepy, Christian guys tend to actually overthink, overanalyze, and therefore perform badly at. Um, there are so many stories of guys who, who end up talking to a million people about that girl that they like and then eventually struggling because of the weight of all those people who know now to go to actually get to know that person. But she doesn't know. But she doesn't know. Because they didn't tell her, they told her from us. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but she will eventually know anyways, right? Because mm -hmm. her friends will catch wind, they'll mm -hmm. tell her. So she knows, they all know. But <laughs> I actually haven't said anything to her so yet. So <laughs> Right? That's a very common occurrence. I don't think it's because of a lack of courage. I can't say that. Sometimes there are cases, <laughs> but in, in the cases where it's not a lack of courage, sometimes it's just a lack of understanding of how to take those 10 steps. Mm. And we often say in Christian circles that we need to, um, you know, run towards God. And the girl that is also running towards God, you guys will meet along the way. Right? Something like that. Some, I've seen it on Pinterest, like some girls blog was like, oh yeah, that's, that's how you find your man, is when you start running to God and you meet him along the way, or something like that. And I think there's merit in that, but I think it's not, not wrong to look around you in your world and be like, yeah, actually. I like that girl. Yeah, I'm, I don't I know her, but I want to know her. But she's not in the rice here. <laughs> she's not in the rice. <laughs> she's like, so what do you feel like is the hesitancy? I don't know. I think it's the weight of expectation like mm -hmm. I was mentioning before. Mm -hmm. That church circles like we want to get it right. Mm. So we honor the woman as a beautifully, fearfully, or wonderfully made daughter of the Most High God. And so I don't want to, I don't want to cause trauma to her. And I don't want to, I'm saying this in a very facetious way, but I actually mean it. Like, I, I think that there is sometimes a misconception that we need to protect our sisters by not approaching them in a bad way. And in doing so, actually make it extremely awkward and painful and what could eventually be quite traumatizing to the lady if we, if, if we just simply just came up to them and just said hi, I think it would be a much better situation. What do you think? Yeah, I think oh, along with the expectation, I'm not a guy so I can't really say this, but from my perspective it feels like a lot of Christian guys in the church, they put a lot of pressure on themselves and um, I know a lot of people also think that like, oh, person I date is going to be the one, you know, oh, yeah, and they true. don't want to like date people that aren't yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a huge weight 
you know, that they put on, put on themselves, or maybe the church puts on them, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, I think, like, it's okay to date different people. You don't have to marry the first one you, you date. Like, that's actually the whole point of dating, to get to know someone, to see if they are appropriate. Well, for the purpose of the podcast and people who don't know you, can you clarify what you mean by dating different people? Do you mean like date guy A on Monday, date no, no, guy no, 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 on no, Tuesday? No. So like dating as in like not in a relationship yet. I mean, you could be in multiple, you know, relationships at different points in time. But when I say go on a date, you don't have to be in a relationship to go on a date. I know, you know, in Australia, like we use different language but to me there's like um when we say like oh i'm seeing someone that could be like oh, i'm dating them but i'm not in a relationship yet so you're not you could be dating or seeing someone but not be boyfriend or girlfriend hmm. and that's totally fine you know but i think like in the church we kind of put the pressure on these dates and there's not really much time to actually date and get to know the person before it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're in a relationship now, we're dating mm-hmm. with boyfriend and girlfriend. Yes. Anyway. And there's also a community of well-meaning matchmaker type people in church who think <laughs> yes. that they, it, it is their sole calling in life to... Okay, look, I'm being, I'm being sarcastic and I, I'm sorry for that. But I think, you know, if you are that matchmaker type and you're hearing this, like, bless you, I really appreciate your intention, um, but sometimes I can stifle something that's budding, you know? Sometimes um, if we put too much light or too much attention onto something that's just growing, it can actually kill that, that budding romance. And so, like, I actually know of a couple of people who, like, would have loved to get to know the other person, but because of the, but because of the matchmaker type who is really putting pressure on that relationship, it just made it really awkward and bitter and, and weird. So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. Anyway, back to the question. So, like, what does it look like to show interest in someone? Uh, for me, when, when we were dating, uh, not dating, when we, like, first met and we're getting to know each other as friends, I made it pretty clear that I was interested in Theo by responding to his messages in a timely manner. I would either agree to or organize times to meet in a group at first for safety reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you know, make an effort. I would like make it pretty obvious that I was spending time to message him, like spending time to make time to meet up even though I was busy because we're all busy. Yeah, and if he was showing interest in me, I was giving the same amount back, if that makes sense. I know these days it's, I don't know, is it a trend or, I don't know, just a lot of people are doing it, like, when someone's trying to show interest and then you just ghost them by, like, not replying. (laughs) That's not what you want. Um, But yeah, I think, like, simple things, you know, like, responding, you know, basically, if they're giving out something, you're reciprocating with the same amount of interest, whatever it is, if it's appropriate. Yeah, and as, as a dude, like, I'm not going to be playing games with Anita, 
right? I'm not gonna be like, oh, send a first message, and then 47.5 hours after that, I will reply. Oh, I can't reply unless it's been three days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's much more organic than that. Don't do that. <laughs> if you wanna message her, you message her. Yeah. You hear me, single man? <laughs> All across time and space, you hear me. Mm -hmm. You message that girl. And you tell her you you tell her how friendly she looked and how you want to catch up with her. That's cool. That's totally cool. Um, but at the same time, like just just focusing on being authentic, I think is number one. Mm -hmm. uh, no one wants to date a, a caricature, you know, like an mm -hmm. exaggerated version of someone you're not. Like we were talking about before. Yeah, don't play games. And if she likes you, she'll message back. Yeah. If she doesn't like you, she'll think it's creepy. Don't make it complicated. I'm gonna come in with the point of view of a girl. Oh yeah, yeah, Anita's a girl too, but as in a single girl, like right now. What if like they're hypothetically direct, but then sometimes not direct, and then direct, and then not like it is. It messes you up. Like it's all like a game. But I can see see why I can see why through like my friends and different people telling me. It's like they're trying to be wise, you know, they want to like follow God, they don't want to say the wrong thing or cross like any boundary at all, but it's very back and forth, back and forth. Do you think it's okay for the girl to just drop it? Do you know what I mean? Or should mm -hmm. the girl continue to show interest? Your question was around, I guess, the, the way that a single girl might want to approach uh, or address this guy who's like hot and cold. Yeah. In a different time. In like a godly way. In a godly way. Yeah. Because okay, okay. if it's not godly, it's like, oh, it's just a game. Like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. But if it's in a sort of godly way, it's confusing. Mm. Mm. I have something to say. Go. Mm. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, going back to being upfront, it's okay to ask this person that you're getting mixed signals from. Hey, what are we? Are you interested in me? Is this a thing? Do you like me? Or am I wasting my time? Obviously you say it in a respectful way, maybe not like that. <laughs> Just, hey, are you wasting my time? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, but if, you, you know, if you're really interested in this guy and you feel like they're like on and off and you don't know where they're coming from and you know them well enough to have that conversation, I would, because otherwise you are wasting your time, you know? So that could be like, hey, um, you know, we've been talking for a while, and um, yeah, I just wanted to, to know where you think this is going. I, I actually messaged him that, not because he was hot and cold, but because I wasn't ready to actually get into a relationship, mm. but I knew that we were both interested in each other. So I actually asked that question over text, but I think that's okay. And then he was like, well, this is what I think, you know. And if the guy has enough respect, he'll give you an honest answer. And that might actually be what he needs to hear, because mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't know he's being hot or cold. And he'll be like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm interested. Let's go, go on a date. Or he'll be like, oh, sorry, I'm, I didn't know I was giving you the wrong signals. I think... Trixie might have brought up a slightly different situation though in which the guy himself is seeking God and not getting clear answer from him or something. That, that's why he might be communicating to the girl. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it's kind of like, because he's definitely pursuing God, 
And I think like he wants to pursue her, mm. but then he's like, but am I pursuing God? Do I don't mean? And I think as well in church, a big theme is, oh, the guy pursues the girl. So then we kind of feel silenced. Like, mm. are we allowed to ask? Like, obviously we're allowed to ask when we have our own mouth, but it's like, oh, if a guy's meant to pursue me, like God will make it happen, mm. you know? So I think it's kind of confusing. And it would be it would be worrying if a lady felt silenced by the fact that the expectation is on the guy to approach her. Um, I think we need to ask ourselves the question of why why is it that the guy should approach the girl? Do you have any thoughts on that, Trixie? Okay, I'll go with like what I hear as well, which I kind of believe. I think it like sets the precedent that a guy leads, right? But I don't necessarily think just because a guy asks you on a date that he'll lead you in everything. Like that's one action to be evidenced for every other action that doesn't make sense. But I think maybe we look at biblical stories. Okay, but Ruth did did kind of like make the first move-ish. Actually, thinking about that. mm, Because, okay, I think we hear a lot of things where it's like the guy pursues but the girl positions, Mm -hmm. right? And as a girl, it's like, well, I'm so positioned. <laughs> yeah, like, am I meant to pursue or, but I'm told not to. So I think it's, I know it might not be right, but I think it's what we hear in the community. And I think we hear a lot of stories of other couples where um, the main thing is like, I don't really hear the girl pursuing. And then I'm like, oh, but these um, Christian couples mean so much to me. I want that too. I kind of like want to follow that example. I know I'm meant to follow Christ, but like, oh, those are godly relationships that I respect. So I don't think it's wrong for a girl to like pursue per se. But I don't know. I just personally believe like the guy pursues. Mm. What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I would agree. I think the guy should pursue for not for the purpose of resulting in, you know, the guy having all the agency and the woman having none. I think that um, the guy has a moral responsibility to be the first one to risk himself, his ego, his pride, um, his character to be assessed by her. And he has to take that risk because that's the precedent that we're setting. Not, not, Not only that he's leading, but he's risking first, that it will cost him. You know, it says in Ephesians that a husband should be ready to lay his life down for his wife, just like Jesus laid it down for the church. Mm-hmm. Jesus is setting the, that precedent, not only that he is leading, but he is risking all. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm able to model that for her, then I think that would be a good, a good thing, good thing for us. If a woman feels that she doesn't have agency in this situation, Um, nothing could be further from the truth, right? Because when he is risking himself, putting his neck out emotionally before this woman, who he barely knows, but he believes that there is a future together with, um, she has all of the agency to say no. The problem is when um, the woman wants to say no, but chooses not to for whatever reason, or wants to say yes to a different guy. <laughs> and that guy is not noticing her. <laughs> so, 
or not noticing, you know, like not approaching her or whatever that is. Um, in which case, I'll probably defer to you, B, on like how to deal with that because I actually don't know how, as a girl, you would handle that. I mean, your personal story is a bit different because basically the guy who dreams approached you <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, what, what do you think? Mm. So let's say you are, you are Abby, the fictitious lady who uh, is positioned um, to, uh, in her young adult church service. Actually, could you explain what position means as well? Mm. I actually don't know. I'm just adopting mm. your language. Okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of just like... Um, like you can tell like you're friendly inviting, you're in like community, you're not just like at home. Um, it's not like people are like, oh, she wants to date, but, and not that people can tell you're single, but you're just like open, like an yeah. open person. No, open. And you're in like um, a good environment to mm. meet people. Mm. I would say that's kind of positioning. That yeah. Mm, going back to what Trixie was saying, I think it's just important to add that if this guy who is obviously pursuing God, but it's kind of like one foot in, one foot out of showing interest in you. It doesn't sound like he's ready to date or to be in a relationship because he's not, you know, he's not like showing you that. And it should be clear, you know, you want, you want to date a person who shows their emotions and feelings to you without any question, right? So I would, I guess, it's hard because like if you're interested in that person, you're just like, oh, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until he's ready. <laughs> but really, if he's not ready now, you shouldn't have to wait around, you know. What were you gonna say about Abby? I was actually gonna say exactly the same thing. Oh, Sorry. okay. Yeah, my reaction would have been the exact same. <laughs> okay. Like if he's hot and cold, he's not he doesn't, he doesn't, he needs to sort himself out mm-hmm. is, is what needs to happen. And you know, like, you, you shouldn't feel like you need to give him that exclusive time to get to know you when he himself isn't sure of where he's at. Mm. Um, like this podcast says, you are a woman of worth. There is an inherent value in you. Mm. So I think um, just knowing that those guys that are approaching you also have inherent worth, but they're also on this journey that, that God is putting them on to discover themselves. And when they are ready, they will not be hot and cold with you. Yeah. Anyway, so Abby. Okay. So <laughs> you are Abby, <laughs> and you want Bobby to notice you. Oh, I hate these names. Right? I know. <laughs> but then Charlie is the one who is ABC. giving you attention. Yes. <laughs> giving you the attention uh-huh. and wanting to get to know you. But then you're like, man, I feel silence because like I want Bobby to notice, but I'm already positioned. Like, what up? What should I do? I mean, going back to what we said before, if Bobby is showing interest in you, but you don't really feel the same way, you gotta tell him. You gotta tell him that you're not interested. No, I think Charlie likes you, but you like Bobby. Oh, is that the way? Okay, uh, yeah. the other way then. So tell Charlie, thanks. Thanks for your interest, I'm not interested, sorry. In a nice, loving way. <laughs> And then, if Bobby is not showing interest, then, I mean, it's up to you if you want to wait around, but I wouldn't. I think, I think there is a deeper, like, 
theological question I guess we have to ask is, can I trust God to take care of my love life? Mm. Or do I believe that it is within my agency and power to make it happen? Mm. Because if I believe the second, then I think you should go and get to know Bobby. But the one that doesn't like you? Yeah. How? If you believe that your love life is something you control, not within God's sovereignty, uh, uh, uh. then I think you should get to know Bobby. And yeah. I, there's a multitude of ways you can do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You can message him on Instagram. You can you start commenting him? on his Facebook posts. You can get to know him, talk to him. There's a multitude of ways. We don't need to get into specifics. But if you do trust that God is sovereign, that he has a plan for you and a future, then there is, there is a rhythm of grace that, that follows that. You can actually enjoy the season that you're in because you know that the next season will come in God's time and place and with the person that he has set aside for you. Mm. Like it, it's a woman in that situation has not lost her agency. She has fully chosen to submit her agency to the will of God. I mean, Jesus said in the Gospels, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, sometimes we gloss over these phrases as, as platitudes, as very simple things that we just say when we need to. But, like, when it comes down to it, like, do you trust in a sovereign God? And we say yes. And if we say yes, they mean something. They, it means that certain decisions you have to make are uncomfortable. Sometimes you, they're mysterious because you don't have the answer. But if, you, if it's a known God and the known God is good, then the mystery is taken out of it. It's good. It's going to be good. Mm, yeah. And it's such a cliche thing to say, but, um, you know, you hear a lot in the church. The God will come when you're not looking for him, when you're not actively searching, you know. And Trixie just rolled her eyes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> he comes when you least expect it. Yeah, so yeah. how can I not expect it? <laughs> Literally my life. <laughs> that was so good. Um, it's, it's so cliche, but like it's true for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, when we met, I was not actively like looking or thinking like, hey, tonight I'm going to find a guy. <laughs> People don't think that, but you know they always got their eyes open. Which is fair, but um, yeah, at the time I just finished my undergrad, I was about to start med school, and I was just like looking to that and wasn't really thinking about boys. I had like, I guess you can say I was seeing someone but not dating a few months earlier, so I was kind of just like, mm. I'm I'm good. Just wanna just wanna be by myself. Just wanna you know do well in my first year of med school. Don't wanna don't wanna rock the boat. Don't wanna mess anything up. You know. Yeah, I think if anything, her parents were dissuading her from actually getting into anything new. Yeah, and my dad was like, you know, you gotta study really hard. You know, don't be distracted. Don't be seeing any boys. Anyway, yeah. So I was looking, and we met, and I was like, oh. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not ready for this. But yeah, that's not always true. It'll happen in God's timing. Mm. And I think in just closing off, is there any last piece of advice um, that you'd want to give? Possible people? 
Um, anyone. Uh, I've got something for for men. Uh, I I've been in like this sort of contemplative mood this week, and um, I realized that a lot of guys talk to me about how they're not emotional people. And it's almost like a universal thing where guys would say, "I'm not an emotional type of person, and I don't express or feel many emotions." I I think they're unproductive, and I I'd like to suppress them when they happen so that I can stay productive and and respond to the crisis at hand. You know, this is this is the way a man should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard an equal share of people say that they're intellectuals, and that it's important to them that they. Analyze and be sensible about a lot of things. I agree. Being sensible is great, um, but there's a whole other side to life as a Christian guy, and that is the journey of faith and the spiritual man. And the spiritual man is not an intellectual. He is the sum of your intellect and your emotions. And I think it's really important if you're hearing this as a single male to to realize that before you get married, you you can you can have a tremendous head start to to developing yourself into a good husband by allowing yourself to feel emotions, feel sadness, feel happiness, feel despair, dare to hope. May I say? Because I think in the process of unpacking these things. In submission to God, as you pray to Him and talk to Him, like this allows you a greater depth from which to love your wife. And I think the more guys can move away from identifying themselves as just being half a man, of just being an intellectual, you get to experience the full extent of what your spiritual man can express through, which includes your emotions as well. Um, the best dads, the best husbands, are those who. Relate to people in an emotional sense as well as a sensible sense. So, um, yeah, that was for you guys. I really thank you guys for sharing that advice and everything else as well. And it's amazing just to get to know you a bit more. Uh, really appreciate your support um, through the ups and downs of my life, and looking at you guys as like role models, I guess, in that um, Christian community. So, thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs>